What's up, guys? Ryan Horn here, and welcome to the Extraordinary Man Podcast. This is the one and only podcast specifically designed to help married businessmen create more profit and purpose in their business without sacrificing their family, health, or marriage in the process. Each week, I interview some of the world's most extraordinary men, including seven- and eight-figure entrepreneurs, elite athletes, best-selling authors, and world-class speakers. We've got a great show for you today. I'm going to be interviewing my friend and my coach, Casey Thornton, and let me tell you a little bit more about him. Casey Thornton is a leadership, life, and business strategy coach. He has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs get clarity and commit to creating the life of their dreams. With a deep study of personal development and professional certifications in neurolinguistic programming, timeline therapy, and hypnotherapy, Casey packs the perfect balance of practical knowledge and real-life experience. As CEO and founder of Kingdom Collective Company, Casey's mission is to help people discover the purpose and passion that is already on the inside of them, unveil it to the world, and create a significant impact along the way. Casey served in the U.S. Navy for five years as a helicopter rescue swimmer, competed on season seven of American Ninja Warrior, and is sold out for unapologetically pursuing his passions and helping others do the same. Like I said, I know firsthand that Casey is a great guy as well as a world-class coach because he's not only my friend, but he's also my coach through the Legacy Builders Mastermind that I'm a part of. And honestly, I can't say enough good things about Casey. He's helped me tremendously, and there's no way that I'd be where I am today without his help. So Casey, welcome to the show, brother. How are you, man? Ryan, I'm so good, man. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor and a privilege to be with you today. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So let's jump right in. So tell us a little bit about your backstory. Like how and why did you get started in the world of entrepreneurship and coaching? Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you talked a little bit about, you know, the experience in the military. So, you know, like, like you talked about in the bio, I was in the Navy for five years as a helicopter crewman and, and rescue swimmer. And uh, my entire identity was wrapped up in my job and what I did. And, uh, and as I was transitioning out of the Navy, uh, you know, long story short, I ended up having a really rough divorce. Um, my flight status was taken away. And even though I was honorably discharged from the military, um, transitioning into civilian life was, was not easy at all because, my entire identity being wrapped up in my job and the gold air crew wings that I wore on my chest. Um, I didn't know who I was without that identity. And I ended up getting involved with a company, which Ryan knows about is called life on fire, which is a personal development and coaching company. And now we focus on uh, coaching Christian entrepreneurs and business owners. And it was really this process of discovering, you know, who I am and, and what is my identity and, and what am I going to do with my life now that I'm no longer, um, you know, active duty. And I just fell in love with the coaching process. I started going through, I started off as a client. I went through their coaching curriculum. Um, I got my certifications in, in uh, leadership coaching and life coaching. And then, you know, an opportunity presented itself within the company to, you know, get certified in NLP and, and even co-train these events with Nick Unsworth, who's my coach and mentor. And I just discovered that, you know, I'm really passionate about helping entrepreneurs discover their vision, 
identify that gap from where they're at to where they want to be and help them create a plan that's, you know, designed to, to get them where they want to go, but also hold them accountable. And that's actually how, you know, me and you met Ryan. And so, like I said, you know, it's just an, it's just an honor to, to watch you grow and develop and just uh, you, you being a part of this mastermind and what we've been able to accomplish together in the last, you know, six, seven months. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And yeah, it sounds like you were on quite the journey. So what are some of the top lessons that you've learned through leading thousands of coaching sessions with high level entrepreneurs? Oh yeah, man. So I have to, you know, I have to be honest, starting out, it was definitely a learning curve, right? Um, when you first get started as a coach, you know, you, you, you typically aren't a hundred percent sure what you're doing. You know, maybe you get a coaching certification and maybe you get, um, you know, some practical skills, but you really learn more from experience than anything. And, you know, I would say that it thing, things started off as just overcoming what we call the imposter syndrome. And I'm sure you've talked about this before, you know, with your clients, but the imposter syndrome is when we feel like we're not qualified to, to do what we're currently doing. And I remember, I remember reading in Russell Brunson's expert secrets book that really put this into perspective for me. And he talked about, uh, have you seen the movie catch me if you can with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes, I have. And so what he talked about in this movie was um, how the whole entire thing was actually based off of a true story. And so in the movie, he impersonates a doctor, a lawyer, and a pilot. But one thing that's in the book that they, you don't see in the movie is that he also impersonated a professor at BYU for an entire semester. And when they caught this guy, you know, the authorities were, were kind of baffled. They were, they were asking themselves, how in the world did you get away with that? And when they caught him and, you know, they sat down with him and he said, you know, it's actually really simple. All I had to do was be one step ahead of the textbook than the students. So when I heard that, it really put things into perspective that as coaches, you know, we're not really responsible for telling people what to do and having all of the answers. People have the answers inside of them already. And my job as a coach is to ask the right questions and to draw those answers out of them. And, you know, and I can help and facilitate in this learning and development process just by being one step ahead of them. You know, a lot of times I'm learning from my clients or I'm learning as I go and helping them implement things along the way. But I'd say that was the, you know, the first big learning curve in stepping out as a coach. And maybe if you're not a coach, this still might apply to you as an expert in whatever business you're in, that you really just have to learn by doing and, and implementing and testing to see what works and just know and understand that, you know, you only have to be one step ahead of somebody in order to be able to help them. Yeah, that's so good. And I can 100% identify with that too. I think myself being a coach as well as an entrepreneur, I've definitely felt imposter syndrome at times. And I know the majority of people that I coach at some point in time feel like that. They feel like they're underqualified or like, why should I, how am I qualified to do this? So I have a follow-up question. So you talked about identity, how your whole identity was tied to being in the military. And I can relate to that because 
in high school, my whole identity was tied to being an athlete. And a lot of people find it hard to change their identity. If someone's trying to go through that transition and change their identity, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked because we're actually getting into the meat of what I was excited to talk about today. Um, you know, so for any type of transformation process, it really comes down to three simple steps. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And that's like a little pyramid shape. You can Google it. Um, and they think it might have been Maslow. Um, or maybe somebody else, nobody really knows, but there's this other pyramid model that's called the hierarchy of competence, right? And when we're trying to learn and develop any new skill or any new behavior, there's these four stages that we have to go through. And, you know, first we start off being unconsciously incompetent, meaning we don't know what we don't know. And then, you know, we start, we start to learn and we have an, we have awareness and then we become self-aware and we become consciously incompetent, right? So now we know what we don't know. And then as we start to learn and to cultivate skill and develop and grow, then we transition into the next stage, which is conscious competence, where we know what we know. And then lastly, you know, it becomes such, it's become so ingrained into, you know, our habits and our ways of being and in our identity and who we are that we have that we achieve unconscious competence meaning that you know it's so in, the skills so ingrained into who we are that we don't even have to think about it anymore and so to answer your question we have attachments to these certain identities and who we are that are based on our values of the world and um, you know our attitudes our belief systems and most of us are walking around in a trance right we're completely on not we're completely not self-aware and we're just living life reactively and in order to transition into you know from not knowing what we don't know to having awareness it takes something to wake us up you know for me that was that was this process of going to an event called abundance where i we literally took an inventory of all of our beliefs all of our values, all of our unconscious biases that we've been carrying around our entire lives and put it all on the table. Because once we're aware, we can actually do something about it, right? So that the, the, the first step, I call it the three critical thresholds, you know, to, to go from unconscious incompetent or, you know, one identity to a new identity. The first step is to wake up. It's to what is it, what is it about our certain identity that we have an attachment to that and how is it benefiting us? You know, for, to give an example for me, when I was in the military, I had an identity of being a helicopter crewman, a rescue swimmer, right? My whole identity was attached to that in, in you know, in the symbol, in the status. And once I realized Right. I had an epiphany. I had an aha moment that helped me to wake up that, you know, even if I if I put my identity in something that I do, if I put my identity in a vocation or a career, 
what happens when I achieve the highest thing I could possibly achieve? You know, you look at somebody like Buzz Aldrin, who, you know, he was one of the first men on the moon. He landed on the moon and came back to earth, literally achieved the highest accomplishment that you possibly can. And then he became a depressed alcoholic. Why? Because his entire identity was wrapped up in his job and what he did in his career. And then once he achieved it, it was like, well, now what? So, so that's, that's the first step. It's just, it's just awareness. It's having an epiphany an aha moment. And then we have to, then we have to commit to making a change, right? An identity shift doesn't happen overnight. We have to identify what is that gap from where I'm at to where I want to be. And, you know, what are the resources that I need to help me get there? What are the, what's the environment that I need to put myself in, right? Who are the right people that I need to surround myself with that's going to help me cultivate that new behavior? And then, and then finally, it's, it's, the, it's the identity shift where we become so practiced and repeat, you know, a new behavior over and over again until it becomes second nature. So just to give you guys an example of how an identity shift happens, a lot of times we're, we're just trying to resist things that we don't want, right? You know, so let's say, let's say I have an attachment to chocolate cake and I love eating chocolate cake, right? And I could try, I could resist chocolate cake by, you know, trying not to, not to eat it and saying, I will not eat chocolate cake. I will not eat chocolate cake. Right. But the funny thing about our unconscious minds is they actually don't process negatives. So when you say, I don't eat chocolate cake, I don't eat chocolate cake. What you're actually telling your unconscious mind is eat chocolate cake, eat chocolate cake. Right. So, you know, if I told you, Ryan, don't think of a pink elephant, what's the first thing you think of? Pink elephant. Exactly. So what if instead of trying to resist chocolate cake, I just became the kind of person that doesn't eat chocolate cake to begin with, right? That is, that's an identity shift. And so in order to have this identity shift, we have to figure out what are the benefits of the old behavior and give ourselves a little bit of room for grace, right? So when, um, just to give you an example, when I was in um, high school, I was typically the kid who didn't have to put a lot of effort in. Um, I didn't do a lot of studying, but I relied on being smart. And even though I wouldn't study, I'd take a test and I would still get an A, right? So I had an attachment to that identity of, oh, I'm the kind of person who's so smart that I don't have to study. But what happened was when I actually went to college, um, ended up going to college at Virginia Tech for aerospace engineering, which is literally rocket science. And when I took that, that behavior and identity associated with it of I'm so smart, I don't have to study. I actually ended up flunking out of college, right? Because that identity served me in high school up until that point. But then I reached a point in my life when it no longer served me. And it was actually holding me back and preventing me 
from being the kind of person that I want it to be, right? So if we want to shift our identity, we have to figure out how has this benefited us? Have, have a little bit of gratitude, you know, because we, we beat ourselves up all of the time and put ourselves down. But, the, you know, the reality, I don't care what the vice or the behavior is, even if it's an addiction, it served us at some point. There was a positive intention behind it. And it, we can be okay with that and give ourselves a room for grace. But then we have to, but then we have to realize, you know, this is actually no longer serving me for who I want to be in the future. And I'm ready to let that old identity go and put on a new identity. And it doesn't have to, we don't have to completely reinvent ourselves, but reframe the old identity and the old way of thinking into a new context that serves us. So instead of me telling myself, I'm so smart, I don't have to study. Well, what I could say is that I'm so smart and intelligent that I'm able to put in the work and do what it takes to succeed no matter what. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. You know, that, that's what I call this. This is literally what I've been, what I've been working on um, as far as, you know, kingdom collective company is we're going to be helping Christian authors, um, you know, market their books in a new way of, you know, instead of relying on the publishers and letting them take 70 to 85% of the profits, um, we're helping the Christian Christian authors to develop a transformational curriculum based on the frameworks that they already have in their books. And it's taking them through those three simple steps, uh, taking their customers through those three simple steps of, you know, waking up, committing to the change, and then putting on that new identity so that, you know, authors or, or coaches or consultants, they're not, they're not designing random arbitrary courses, but, they're designing courses that actually have an end result in mind. And that's how I came up with that three-step framework. That's awesome. I love that. Very, very simple three-step framework. So wake up, commit, and the identity shift, right? Yes, sir. Awesome. So I would love to know because you've got a lot of experience as a coach. So in your experience, where do you feel like most entrepreneurs get stuck? That is a great question. Um, I would say that most entrepreneurs get stuck in what we call analysis paralysis, right? A lot of us are spending time getting ready to get ready. And we think to ourselves, oh, if I, you know, once I have my perfect logo done, then I can start getting results in business. Or, oh, well, once I have my website done, you know, then I can start to ask for business or once I have, um, you know, the perfect, uh, marketing campaign, I can start, you know, getting results in business. And, you know, my encouragement to, to your listeners or, or any entrepreneur that, that feels like they're stuck in this analysis paralysis mode is to just get out there and start doing information with information plus application is what equals transformation, right? So we can spend all of our time learning and absorbing new material and 
um, you know, and getting ready to get ready. But if we don't actually get out there and start implementing and doing, we're never going to see any results. And, you know, some of the most successful people that I have seen in business, um, you know, like it or not, are not necessarily the most skilled, not necessarily the most, uh, you know, professional or even offer the best products. The people that I see have the most success in business are the people that are actually out there doing, testing, refining, learning as they go. Yeah, that's so true. That really actually used to bother me because you would see someone out there and I would be like, man, I think I'm actually better. Like I have more skills than this person, but they're blowing me out of the water in terms of growing their business and how many people they're helping. But sometimes it's just, you got to get out there and take action, right? Yeah. And, and I think we can actually let that, you know, instead of letting it bother us, actually use it as fuel, right? Because we know that if there's somebody else out there that's just louder, that is ha- having success in business, but they're not as skilled as us, or they won't do a do- good a job for the clients as us, that we have just as much capability to succeed as them, right? And um, I'm reading this book, which I recommend for everybody. It's called building a story brand by Donald Miller. And he talks about how, you know, people do not buy the best products. They buy the most clearly communicated products. And so, you know, as entrepreneurs, even more importantly than, you know, trying to be perfect and come up with, you know, the best method or the, you know, the most innovative design or, or whatever it is for your website, the best thing that we can do is be talking to others and having conversations about what we do and who we help and how we help them and the problems that we solve because people buy not the best products, but the most clearly communicated products. Yeah. I second that. That is an amazing book and I appreciate you for recommending it to me. It's, it's really one of the best books I've read in quite a while, I would say. So here's another question for you. What would you say to someone who's not happy with where they are but they don't have a coach. Right. I mean, so I would hope that just by listening to this and you're not happy about where you are, that something I said or something that Ryan said today, you know, created an epiphany or realization. If you're not happy with where you're at, well, that's step one. That's awareness. And I want to congratulate you that you are not happy about where you're at right now, because at least you're not unconsciously incompetent in a trance, just walking about life aimlessly with no intent or purpose. So, you know, now that you have an awareness that you're not where you want to be, I just want to encourage you to identify the gap from where you're at right now to where you want to be. And once you know what that gap is, you know, you may not have the answers. You may not know the how, but if you are able to figure out what it is that you want and why you want it and when you want it by, I promise you that there is a resource out there that can help you bridge that gap from where you're at to where you want to be. And it's probably a a coach, you know, it's probably a coach like Ryan Um, or maybe, or maybe for some people it's just, you know, getting the book that you need. But if you can figure out what the resources are, if you can figure out, you know, what is the right environment that I can put myself in? 
I like to use this analogy of throwing your hat over the fence. If you want to get somewhere, set up the conditions ahead of time. So the result you want is inevitable. So if I'm trying to get to the other side of a fence, but there's something inside me that's resisting it, then I might throw my hat on the other side and now I have to go get it. Right. So I'm setting up that condition ahead of time. And for some of you, setting up the conditions ahead of time to make the result inevitable might be joining a mastermind or hiring a coach or even getting into like the right church or the right um, small group or, or whatever it is for you. If you can cultivate an atmosphere and plant yourself in an environment to where thriving and having success is inevitable, then that's the right thing to do. So that was uh, my long-winded answer to your question. That was a fantastic answer. I love that answer. I love that, that phrase too, of making it inevitable. That's so good. And I think, you know, I was actually just talking about this earlier today that the, the bigger, the goal you're going after, then the higher level of coaching you need, because like you said, I mean, reading a book even is that's, that's coaching. You're getting coaching by reading the book. You know, the only problem is the book can't talk back to you, but the bigger, the goal you have, I think the higher level of coaching you need, but I really love that answer. Last question for you. What is your definition of an extraordinary man? Yes, my definition of an extraordinary man is a man that's honest with himself, right? I think us as men, we have this problem with vulnerability. And a lot of times we can wear this mask you know, and say to ourselves and other people, like, everything's fine, everything's dandy, everything's great, right? But the reality is that for the vast majority of us, we're not currently where we want to be. And that's okay. You know, there, there's no right or wrong answer. And we don't have to beat ourselves up. But if we can just be honest with ourselves, that, you know, we're not where we want to be, and be more vulnerable and open and transparent in our relationship with ourselves and with others, then we can actually start to do something about it. Right. So maybe you're not where you want to be in your business. Well, there's a resource for that. Maybe you're not where you want to be in your health. Well, guess what? There's a resource for that. Maybe you're not where you want to be in your relationships. There's a resource for that. And I think that an extraordinary businessman knows how to take, how to, take self inventory of where they're at in all of those different categories. And, you know, maybe there's even a faith component to it and they commit to taking the action and pursuing growth and pursuing development because the reality is none of us are ever going to fully arrive at the destination of becoming an extraordinary businessman. It's not like one day we're going to wake up and say, Oh, I'm an extraordinary businessman now. Right. It's a continual process and lifelong development that we're always pursuing growth and integration in all those three areas. Great answer. I love that answer. So Casey, where can people go to find out more about you and connect with you? Yeah. Um, if, you know, if, if somebody listening to this is, you know, maybe you're an author or a Christian author who wants to build an entire business around your book, or perhaps you're a coach who needs a more of a transformational curriculum design that actually gets your clients results and also helps them, you know, ascend in that um, buying process and taking the next step with you, then 
I'd encourage you to go to www.thekingdomcollectivecompany.co, um, you know, and grab one of my free resources on that website. And, you know, if something piques your interest, then schedule a call with me and let's figure out how to design either a business around your book or help you develop a curriculum that gets results for your clients. Awesome. Yeah. And like I said, Casey's a friend of mine and he's also my coach. I can't recommend him enough. So definitely go check that out. But Casey, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on, Ryan. It's been, a, been an honor. Guys, thanks so much for joining me on another episode of the Extraordinary Man podcast. Do you want a free one-on-one business accelerator coaching call with me personally? Go to aoemen.simplecast.com and click on the free coaching tab at the top. I've specifically set aside five spots for listeners of this episode, and they're available on a first-come, first-served basis. Again, to take advantage of this exclusive and limited-time offer, go to aoemen.simplecast.com now. Until next time, remember to go out there and become the man you were created to be. I'll see you on the next episode.